gifts and this will be part media part what say it out loud if you know it part what 16 17 18 it should be 18 is this 17 it's been a, <laughs> a long time coming. Praise God. Thank God for his mercy. I hope somebody is getting something out of this series. That yes, sir, is quite weak. Are you really getting something out of this? Because I'm getting something out of it. Teaching it. Getting blessed myself. Eyes opening to the gifts of the Spirit in a deeper dimension. But I want to encourage us, um, let us not just listen. Those who are online, don't just watch. Go to your Bible as well and research if these things are so. And more importantly, covet these gifts. These are gifts of the Holy Spirit. There is nothing to do to receive them than just receive them and give thanks for them. They are gifts. If it's your birthday and somebody says happy birthday and they extend a gift to you, would you say, oh, excuse me, let me quickly go and fast and pray and then come back and receive the gift? Is that going to be your response? No way. What do you do? You just reach out, you receive it, and you give thanks for it. The same with the gifts of the Spirit. They are gifts. And he's not withholding from us. In Psalm 84, and verse 11, the Bible says the Lord God is your son and your shield. He will give you grace. He will give you glory. No good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. No good thing. You see, before I start teaching tonight, let me say this very quickly. Many times, the, the average Christian views God like some wicked man, wicked God, who is just on a fault-finding mission, looking for every available excuse to not give good things to his own people. You say, you are our father, we are your children. Why are we lacking so much? Why do we lack this? Why do I lack that? Why am I behind in this area of my life? Why is everybody ahead of me? The devil gets us to think that way and convinces you so much to look at the areas of your life where things are not yet working, as it were, at least where you don't have visible results. Blindfolding you to the areas that are working, that you should give thanks for, and then encouraging you to major on the minor. And to come to a, a, a state where you are angry with God and you are really very bitter. And let me tell you what, in that state, you can never receive from God. It's bad enough to get to that state. But if you ever get there, unless you come out of it, if you keep looking at God as the enemy, you keep looking at God like it's not good, they say you are good, but I can't see any goodness in my life. Now you are already in bitterness. And in that state of bitterness, you cannot receive from God. Bitterness and faith don't work together. Where there is faith, there is no bitterness. Where there is faith, the evidences of faith, one of them is rest, another is joy, another is peace. I won't talk about rest. Let me talk about peace and joy. Can you give me Romans 15, 13 on the screen, please? In the KJV. If you say, I'm in faith, pastor, I'm in faith. But I don't know why things are not working, but I'm in faith. You will know whether you're in faith tonight or not. This is how you know whether you are really in faith or you are in assumption. Some people are in faith. Some are assuming that they are in faith. It's like those who think and those who think they think. There are two different categories of people. Look at this. Now, the God of hope fill you with all 
the joy let me flow. But it says, may that God fill you with all joy and peace in believing. That you may abound in hope through the power of the Holy Spirit. I'll take you back again. Now the God of hope fill you with two things. All joy. Somebody say all joy. And peace. Say and peace. In believing. Now don't forget that. Say in believing. That's talking about when you are in faith. When you are in believing. When you are in faith. If you are truly in faith, God will fill you with all joy and peace. But when you have all sadness and confusion, all anxiety and palpitation in your heart, palpitation, your heart is beating fast every time, and you're so anxious. You don't know what is going to happen next. Or you just have a sense of foreboding. A sense of hopelessness and helplessness and, and doom and gloom. And you claim, but I'm in faith. Pastor, I, honestly, I'm in faith. No, you are not in faith. You are in assumption. You are assuming that you are in faith. If you are truly in faith, two things will attend to you. Apart from rest. Rest is part of it because when you are in faith, you enter into rest. Concerning that matter in your life, you will just enter into rest. Things might not have changed in the physical. But by faith, things have already changed in the realm of the spirit. The time it takes to change in the physical, you don't have control over. But in that meantime, it is called the meantime. Someone say meantime. In that meantime, you are in joy and in peace and in rest. One of our sisters was sharing with me earlier today. She will still share testimony. Powerful testimony. Glory be to God. <laughs> I said glory be to God. God is doing amazing things in this house. So she's married, and the doctors told her that her two fallopian tubes were blocked. So she was dealing with tubal blockage. And you know that if you're married, you're supposed to be in the other church, but she says, I'm staying with Pastor Fred, and that's it. <laughs> and so if you look at her, she has a summarized stature like mine, very petite. So you wouldn't even tell that this is a married woman. And the husband, of course, would also follow her to church, later joined the church, and they're my people. They're quite close. Very wonderful and very good people. And it was just today she shared the testimony with me. Now, she said at some point, she was angry, upset with God. Like, ah, do we have to beg you for everything? And then why do I have to have delay in my life for everything? I went to school late, got my degree late, got married late. Now I don't have a child. Yet. She was like, everything was just late. And I don't know who I'm speaking to online. Because I've been there myself. When I've had to tell God to actually take my life. What are you doing with my life? If all you want to do is to disgrace me. the people I used to teach in school, back in secondary school, they didn't come near where I was. But I got to a point in my life where it was like everybody was ahead of me. So the same traffic lights that showed green to them to move showed red to me to stay on the same spot. What are you doing with my life? Take it if you don't, if you don't need it. I mean, if, there's no point in disgracing me. I was in bitterness. Many people in many churches today go to church to solve their spiritual conscience, but they are actually in bitterness in their soul against God. Can I say this? It might not sound nice, but this is what you need. It might not be what you want to hear, 
but it is what you need to hear and what you need to know. If you are in bitterness against God, you have lost the battle. Nobody wars against God and ever wins. You can't be in bitterness and be in faith at the same time. All that God requires to move on your behalf is faith. Jesus returned and said unto them, Mark eleven twenty two, have faith in God. Pastor, what about this situation in my life? Have faith in God. What about this two-bound blockage? Have faith in God. What about this financial lack in my life? Have faith in God. What about this admission? I'm about to lose it. I don't have money to pay. Have faith in God. What about this sickness in my body? Have faith in God. How do I know I have faith? You'll be in peace and, 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 and joy. You can't explain it, but it will be there. It will just be bubbling in your heart. In fact, sometimes your peace will make people around you to be bothered because they will think you are not bothered. Did somebody get that? Why are you not bothered about your life? Why are you so carefree? Hey, I'm not talking about being carefree. I'm talking about being in faith. And can I say what? <laughs> faith would make you to be carefree. Because you have learned to cast your care on him once and for all and you are not going to take it back in the name of Jesus. Give me First Peter chapter 5 and verse 7. Quickly. Media, you need to do some good work tonight. God bless you. Verse 7. Okay, thank you. Let's take it from verse 6 and then we'll go to 7. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God. If you are still carrying your load of care, you are proud. Spiritual pride is when you don't learn to trust God. Oh, I'm, a, I'm a human. I'm in charge. I can do it. I can, you're proud. Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time. Yeah? How do we do this? How do I humble myself? Casting all. How much of your care? Does that include your house rent? Does that include your school fees? Does that include your business money? The capital to jumpstart your business? Does that include the state of your health? Does that include your mental health? How much of your care? Without an exception. I'm a parent. As a parent, apart from your own personal care, you have the cares of the family, your spouse, and then children, the care or the cares of children usually would come in a different package. You would worry about them naturally. Hey, I hope nobody injures them in school. I hope they don't run and, and, and talk over. I hope they don't go upstairs. I hope they don't come downstairs. I hope, I hope, I hope, I hope. All of that bombarding your mind. How can you concentrate at work? Imagine every 30 minutes you call, you phone your children's school. Hello? Yeah, this is so-so and so. I just want to find out, is my son okay? Say, yeah, he's okay. You drop the phone. Another 30 minutes. Hello, I just want to, I just, after a while, they won't take your call anymore. You are still carrying the load of care. The Bible says casting all. By faith, casting all your care upon him. Why? Because he cares for you. I don't know what I'm going to eat tomorrow, but I'm not bothered about it. Praise God. Amen. Lord, I thank you because tomorrow is settled. Amen. Praise God. That's a man of faith. That's a woman of faith. And today you rejoice and smile. You don't wear long clothes. So everybody can pity you and say, hey, sister, what's going on? I'm, 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 I'm fine. No, you're not fine. What's going on? I don't even know what I'm going to eat tomorrow. What if that person doesn't even have money to give you? It's just a pity party. It's just volunteer information. TMI. Too much information that they don't need. And they can't help you. How you doing? Then the devil says, don't tell them you're fine. Because if you say you're fine, 
they might not be able to help. If you tell them the truth, they just might give you some money. So how are you doing? You want to hear the truth? Yes, I want to hear the truth. I'm not fat. Really? I don't have money. Really? I don't have money either. We trust God. God bless you. You have volunteered information free of charge and the information hasn't done you any good. How are you doing? I'm blessed. I'm highly favored of the Lord. Woo! Glory be to God. Man, I like your energy so much. Say that again. I'm blessed and highly favored of me too. I'm blessed and highly favored of the Lord. In fact, for saying that, you've taught me something. Let's go and eat. Meanwhile, you have nothing in your pocket to even eat. And somebody just bought you free meal because you said it. You don't know the power of words. And that's what I'm introducing tonight as we talk about the gift of prophecy. Many times we don't know the power of words. We don't know that words actually go ahead of you and open doors. And words can go ahead of you and shut doors against you. It's all in your mouth. So, something happened in, in our sister's situation. She said she came to Ablaze. And we had Ablaze musicals last year at the ICC. And it was the story of Joe. And as the actors were acting and they were ministering and they were ministering and they were using scriptures and they were talking, she said where she was in that auditorium, she was crying. She looked around. Many people were crying. As people could relate to the story of Job. And she said to herself, look at what Job endured. Look at what Job went through. And in all of this, did not sin against God. How much have you gone through? And you have literally looked up. She said she looked up in the sky and said, brother, Lord, brother God, do we have to beg you? Do we have to? Out of the bitterness of her soul. Who do you think was encouraging her to do that? Come on, tell me the, the, the guy's name. Could that have been the Holy Spirit? Could Is complaint and bitterness one of the gifts of the Holy Spirit? The devil was trying to push her to depression and push her to the cliff where she would fall off. But she came to a blaze. A blaze is the place of encounter. A blaze is the place of exchange. God told us that this year. What do you exchange? You exchange your sorrow for the joy of the Lord. She said in that meeting that night, she repented and said to the Lord, I'm sorry. And there was a shift in her spirit and in her soul. There was a shift. So she went back rejoicing and called her mom on the phone and said, Mom, I'm sorry. You got to pray. God is good. God is really good. God is really good. God is good. Because before then, you know, the mom spoke with her and she was very bitter. And the mom said, come on now, why are you talking like that? Are you not the one that normally cheers me up when I'm down? Is your pastor not preaching the word again? He said, eh, leave that one, Jared. Pastor is preaching. But because she used to be the one that would ginger everybody. Come on, God is good. I mean, coming to the expression now, she's, she said, every Sunday is a blessing. But she got to that point where the mom was wondering, do you still go to that church or have you changed church? But thank God for the God of a blaze who encountered her. And when that shift happened, hear this. She did not know when the miracle, the miracle happened that weekend, but she did not know when it happened. She just two weeks after went to the hospital to run tests. And the doctors were still talking nonsense. Some of the things that they told her, I can't tell you, it's right here. She told me everything today. I mean, crazy things, weird things. <laughs> and they also went online and on Facebook and all that social media to see people who had been battling that for 10 years, 15 years, and the thing didn't open. And etc. etc. If we give you some drug and we try to force it, force it open, some things can happen. Blah, 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 blah. God did everything without any surgery. He did his surgery without any traces. The two opened. Not only did the two open, God did a miracle. Praise God. Amen. <laughs> Amen. So, so, I'm an expecting grandfather now. And I'm so excited. Glory be to God. I said, I'm so excited. Glory be to God. And by the time you all get to that point and you get married and you start having children, I, I continue to be a grandpa. Amen. Praise God. 
I can't wait to hug some of your kids and kiss them on the forehead and, and carry them and run around with them and give them chocolates and we exchange candies and we play football together. Praise God, amen. But something changed. When that change happened, and this is where I, I decided to tell you all this story today. She said, she's in the ministry, she says, she would go past a pregnant woman and it wouldn't make any difference. Before that time, it made a difference. God, I've never been a loose girl all my life. Someone else is pregnant. Why am I not? What have I done? But after that change, it didn't matter. She saw anybody pregnant. Glory be to God. Thank God for their life. It's their turn. It's their time. Glory be to God. And God is good every time. And when the main thing happened, she didn't even know. She didn't have an idea that she was already carrying a seed. No idea. Other than that some changes began to happen now, but she didn't understand. What's all this? Why am I feeling like this? <laughs> but the elderly people around her knew that God had done a miracle. But that miracle had to happen after she decided to honor the Lord. You don't dishonor God and dishonor your way into a breakthrough. It will never happen. It will lead to a breakdown. So when you are in faith, you are in joy, you are in all joy and peace. She said she had so much joy. Came to church, danced. Came to church, worshipped. And came to church full of joy and full of peace. It didn't bother anymore. Look, no matter what the enemy tries to do or does in your life, if you stay in faith, you would witness a 360 degree turnaround. If you stay in faith. But if you choose to react like the world, God is no longer answering prayers. I don't know why he doesn't answer my prayers. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. The problem is in your mouth. It's in your mouth. And you will never know. I don't know why God is not answering me. You just said it. You don't know why. You never know why. Christian people ought to be very intentional with their words, no matter what happens. Amen? God is not withholding anything good, including the gifts of the Spirit. The gifts of the Spirit are meant for every man to profit with all. Every man. 1 Corinthians 12 and verse 7. Lord, why am I not manifesting this gift? You don't covet them. Covet them. In fact, Paul the Apostle said to covet earnestly above all these other gifts to prophesy. Let's go tonight to 1 Corinthians. Our main text is chapter 12, but tonight we're going to chapter 14. And let's read verses 1 to 5. I'm going to do an introduction. I'll finish this up next week. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 5. 1 Corinthians 14, chapter 14, from verse 1 all the way to 5. Follow after charity, that's after love, and desire spiritual gifts. In chapter 12, it told us all the spiritual gifts, right? You remember? We don't have time to read that tonight, but that's where it is. The nine of them, three of them say something. Three of them do something. Three of them reveal something. What are the three gifts that say something? The gift of prophecy. Diverse kinds of tongues. And interpretation of tongues. Those are the three gifts that say something. And that's what we want to look at tonight. The utterance gifts. Three of them do something. What are the three gifts that do something? The gift of faith. The working of miracles. And the gifts of healings. We rounded that off last week, and so many people were blessed, even those who watched online. Amen. I've got comments and feedbacks about that. And then there are three gifts, the, the other three gifts that reveal something. One, the word of wisdom. Two, the word of knowledge. And three, the sending of spirits. Amen. Praise God. So tonight, we are looking at the utterance gifts, the three gifts that say something. The most important of them is the gift of prophecy. The gift of prophecy. It is the most important of the three gifts that say something. 
I like to say something. I'm anointed to say something. Every believer is supposed to be saying something. The Christian faith is called the confession. It is the confession of our faith. We must be saying something. We are not saved to keep quiet. 2 Corinthians 4, 13 says, We having the same spirit of faith as it is written, I believe, therefore have I spoken. We also believe and we therefore speak. We must say something. How did you get saved? By believing? No, by believing and saying. Romans 10, 10. For with the heart, man believeth unto righteousness and with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. If you are going to be intentional about the use of your mouth, you will have better results in your life. Somebody might need to write that down. If you are going to be intentional about the way you use your mouth, you will have better results in your life. Better results, greater results, newer results in your life. If you are going to be intentional about the way you use your mouth, the way you use your mouth. Go to 1 Corinthians 14. Let's quickly read that tonight. I'll make a few points. We go home to our earthly houses. Glory be to God. 1 Corinthians 14, 1 to 5. Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. Expression house, please. Let us desire spiritual gifts. Don't be carried away with mundane things. This generation is so sold out to mundane, lifeless things. iPhone, low phone, no phone. Money, Gucci, Fendi, Givenchy, Balenciaga. Guys, those things are dust. Including Mercedes Benz. They are mundane things. They have no life. That car outside there does not know its owner. Anybody knows how to drive? If I hand them the keys, they'll drive it. The car will not complain. So that is not my life. My life is not in that car. Jesus said, a man's life does not consist in the abundance of the things that he has. Yet people want to die for things. One man has 40 houses. One Nigerian man. Across the globe. Madness. 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 Follow after love and desire spiritual gifts. Tell God in your private time, Lord, I, I want these spiritual gifts. I want them. They will better your lot and you will be of profit to the kingdom of God. You will be a blessing to the church. Each of us is supposed to be a powerhouse, not just the pastor. Paul the apostle now added something in that verse. He said, but rather that you may prophesy. Why? Why did he put emphasis? Paul, are you saying we should not desire the others? No, he didn't say so. He said we should desire spiritual gifts, but he now puts an emphasis on this one. He said, but rather that you may prophesy. Why? This is the most important. Of all the nine gifts, Paul never said rather that you have the gifts of healings. He never said rather that you have the gifts of social faith. He never said rather that you have the gifts of word of wisdom. He said rather but rather that you be prophesying. There must be something about prophecy. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You know what he told me now? He said, because prophecy opens up the portals of heaven over your life. The gift of prophecy opens up the portals of heaven over your life. Through the gift, through the operation of the gift of prophecy, you can open up the heavens, the portals of heaven over your destiny. So I don't wait for someone to prophesy over me. I prophesy over myself. Are you with me tonight? Verse 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. For no man understandeth him. How be it? In the realm of the spirit, he speaketh mysteries. What are mysteries? Secret truths. Secret Truths. Those are mysteries. He said, when someone speaks in tongues, so if you are here tonight, you're not speaking in tongues, you need to start speaking in tongues. 
If you are online, you don't speak in tongues, you start speaking in tongues. He that speaks in an unknown tongue speaks not to men, but to God. He said, men do not understand him. Men do not understand him. How be it in the spirit when you begin to break barakatole, gushigamba darakatodia, ramanos. I'm not talking to you, I'm talking to God. And what a blessing to have God's direct hotline. You may call Pastor Fred, he may not pick your call. You may call him, he's not available. You may call him, he's in a meeting. You may call him, his line is switched off or phone is on flight mode. You may call him and his PA picks it up. But there is a hotline to heaven that when you call, God will hear and he will answer. He said, he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaks not to men but to God. Somebody say, every time I speak in tongues, I'm not speaking to men. Tell your neighbor, I'm not speaking to you. I'm speaking to God. What a blessing to be able to speak to God. I'm not able to speak to the president of this country yet. I don't have his number. I'm not sure I desire it. I don't hate him, but I'm not sure I just desire that. I don't think he's all that important. But there's an all-important personality whose number I need to have. He was there before the beginning began. He was the one, the master architect that crafted me carefully and perfectly and put me in my mother's womb. He wrote the script of my life. He wrote my life's journey. He gave me his Holy Spirit, gave me his name, gave me his blood, and gave me angels to guide me, the Holy Spirit to, to lead me and to guide me, angels to protect me. He protects me inside and outside, gives me his blood, gives me his flesh. You know, he loves me, provides for me, shields me from all evil. I think I need to be connected to him, and I think I should maintain my communication with him. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not to men but to God. I say this when I'm teaching, every time I'm teaching on the power of praying in the spirit or one of the reasons or one of the, you know, whatever, why Christians ought to speak in tongues. I said sometimes you're going through something that you don't understand. Is it everything in your life that you understand? If you live that kind of life, then that life is cheap. A life that is easily understood. There are things, there are times you go through stuff you can't explain. You don't understand. If it's not this, is that. You're coming out of one crisis, you're entering another one. One trouble, another one. Ah! It's only me. You don't understand. There are seasons like that in our lives. And guess what? When you are going through stuff that you don't understand, pray in a language that you don't understand. Let the unknown fight the unknown. Lord, I don't understand this. Let the unknown fight the unknown. Are you with me tonight? The unknown will take care of the unknown. How be it in the spirit who speaketh secret truth, mysteries. Verse 3. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men. So he's making a, dis, a difference. Uh, he's, he's making a distinction between speaking in tongues now and prophesying. He said, when you speak in tongues, you're not speaking to men. You're speaking to God. But he said, he that prophesied, speaketh unto men. What is he doing as he speaks to men? One, to edification, is edifying people. What does he mean to edify? Build up. Bail. People are down everywhere. Build them up. We have the ministry of building people up. We don't have the means of tearing them down into shreds. The devil already tears people apart. You build them up. Can you meet someone for five minutes and when you leave them, they jump up and thank God for ever meeting you because five minutes made a difference in their lives. Or can you meet people for five minutes and they say, oh Lord, why did I ever meet this person? When you prophesy, it is to edification. It is to edification, not intimidation. You know, some people give you prophecy and it will intimidate you. Blood everywhere. Mm, 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 mm. Prophecy. I will speak about prophecy tonight, hopefully. The difference between the gift of prophecy, the simple gift of prophecy, and the office of a prophet. They are two different things. And a lot of people, once they can prophesy like this, automatically they are prophets. They say, no, don't call me bro, call me prophet. 
In fact, I'm senior prophet. All of that was calibrated. I don't know if God sees anybody as senior. Senior prophet. But he that prophesieth speaketh unto men to edification. Not only that, to exhortation. When you exhort people, it's similar to edification. You're also building them up and encouraging them and you're spurring them on to greater things, especially to things of the spirit and egging them on to believe, to believe God. Exhortation. It is not motivation. Exhortation is not motivation. Motivation speaks to your head. Exhortation speaks to your heart. Motivation is you need to have a good attitude because your attitude determines your altitude. You need to learn to elevate yourself because if you cannot lower the mountain, then elevate yourself. The way you dress is the way you'll be addressed. It's important to dress well in life. Do you know some pastors do that every Sunday? Sunday after Sunday, that's all they are doing. That's what they call preaching. And you see the churches are filled up. And the people who are not looking for the word that will change their lives. The word that will correct them. People don't like correction. Don't tell me to not go and sleep in my boyfriend's house. I want to sleep there. Yes, he's taking care of my bills. I need to take care of him too. Don't tell me God doesn't like that. Why has he not killed me? He doesn't like it. Why has he not killed me? It is you, pastor. You have been toxic. Hello, day. Are you late? I don't like negative vibes. The truth. The truth. And it is the truth that will make you free. When they go on like that, even though they go to motivational centers called churches, if you look into their lives after a while, they are empty. They are empty. That's why the devil shows up. They don't know what to do. Somebody ran to my house. Please, Pastor, he was panting early Monday morning. I said, what is it? He said, I'm looking, I'm looking for a deliverance minister. You know those like MFM, MFM minister. I said, why? He said, there's one girl in my house. She's just manifesting all over the place. I said, but I thought you said you were a minister. He said, you know, everybody has their gift. I said, where is deliverance as a gift of the spirit in the Bible? It's supposed to be one of the signs that follows every believer. Mark 16, 17. And these signs shall follow them that believe in my name. Number one, they shall cast out devils. Anyone that gives their life to Christ tonight as a believer, they can go home tonight and cast out devils. This guy was lobbying for me to invite him to the expressional to come and preach. I thank God I never did. I don't give my microphone to desperate people. They want the honorarium. They want the clout. They want the accolades of men. Is that what is important? I say you have the power. You are a believer. Go and cast out that. Ah! No! 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 I just walked. I, I said, okay, see you some other time. I, I closed my door. I went back. It's going to follow you there or what? You're a believer. You can't cast out devil. Because, and if I tell you this guy is sound, when he sits with you and tells you all the motivational tips that he has gathered from different preachers, we can have a gathering and not have God in the gathering. And the gathering will be in the name of God. Nice music, nice dressing, nice everything set. But God, the consciousness of God is not even there. God doesn't dwell in places where he's not honored. One man of God said Jesus is going about churches knocking the door and asking the ushers, can I please at least come in churches? A senior pastor said to me in 2017, the Lord said to him, I want to have my church back. This is my church. That's why everything in our church changed. Including our music. very beautiful daughter here. She's complained to me before. Pastor, why don't we? I said, Nito, I like it. Once in a while, don't worry, we'll be doing some African this thing, African praise. And you know, I like it. But we will carefully select our songs. Not every song in Africa is scriptural. Even overseas, doesn't matter where they come from. 
Not every song. Look at the lyrics. Does it glorify Jesus or does it puff, puff up our flesh? There are songs that are rendered in churches that even cause bickering among the brethren. You now point at the people that you thought they've actually, you know, written you off. We You now flash your wedding ring. I'm not saying that song is bad, though. It just came to my mind now. But you know, you can use it easily to show off. Or you can bring out your key. Yeah, 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 yeah. And when some people start dancing like this, you'll be ashamed of yourself being in church. We, we had one first time some years ago when this song started. Oh my God. The girl was dancing like she was the party. I said, My God, what do we have here? Get, get, get. And she was, not, she was not smiling, no. She was. Sometimes you don't know this. There is subtle warfare, cold war going on in the church. So when a song comes like this, ah. I remember during the very, like we're in that season again now, hot debate between the political parties, the two major political parties. Somebody said, if they, if they try it in our church and they sing, somebody say, Baba, I will finish the person doing the choir, leading, leading the song. Because, you know, in Nigeria, it was popular one time. It's not popular anymore. Say, Baba. If you say it now, even in Sabo, they will slap you. But that time, they exalted him to the position of the Messiah. Ah! He will fix Nigeria. Ah! One naira will become one dollar. I think uh, it has become one dollar now. Some pastors were telling me, No, Pastor Brad, that man will fix that. That's the only, the Bible says that God is the governor among the nations. He's the one that can fix this mess. He will use people, yes, but this one I'm looking at, this one, discernment. Until today, some people are still, they are still defending rubbish. Till today. They are sweating, oh, they, are, they are the same country. Oh. We go to the same market. <laughs> There's a forum I belong to, I laugh at them. Our <laughs> market. But you know, we that we are we are connected to Zion. Let whatever become whatever. The lion will never eat grass. Amen? Yeah, because of our connection to the Almighty God. Some carry it on their heads. They are ready to fight their fellow brothers in church because it's an opposition party. May they receive common sense in Jesus' name. Me, I don't argue with them anymore. I don't have time to argue. I don't even talk. I read their nonsense on the platform. I, I move on. Stay there. They fight your brother very well. Abuse his mother. After the election in 2023, when you are broke, go and you better go to that politician and beg him. The politician that never knows whether you exist or not, that, we, that might never meet you in your life. Your fellow brother, you allow politics to divide you. May they receive common sense. So the senior pastor said, God said to him, King Jesus said, I want to have my church back. And you see that reflecting in our songs. Our songs are Jesus-centered. These are songs that help to build faith. Some of those songs in themselves are exhortations. You remember, okay, most of you were not here, but years ago, we had a service here, and the choir took a song from Hillsong, One Name. The entire song was written about Jesus. It's not. Aren't you going to go? You know, some of those songs sound like you're mocking other people. Okay, so I just lost my mom and I'm in a service. And you're saying, ah, oh, don't leave me right But me, I just bought. Because I lost my mom. I just bought a casket. Now, what has praising God in spirit and in truth got to do with caskets? Let's think 
We use things. We are not herbalists. We now use things, 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 things to praise God. We gather here, gather here, gather here, gather here. Use it. You, you, you throw it at God. Zah. No. Go to the scriptures. We are to sing hymns, psalms, and spiritual songs. Making melody in our heart to the Lord. Are you with me tonight? And we took that song, one name, and then we got to a point that says, find hope when all the world seems lost. Behold the triumph of the cross. Came very heavily in my spirit that we should repeat that part of it. I came up here. I couldn't preach. I took the song again. The choir sang with me. And the Holy Spirit said, there are people here at their tether's end. They've lost hope. Tell them to come out. I made a call. It was a long line. And I ministered by the spirit. Before I got to her, a particular lady who was here, she had sat on the floor. Her makeup messed up. It was makeup before. It became messed up. Tears plus phlegm plus mucus plus everything jammed on her face. She was crying bitterly. Like she had lost her. The power of God met her. Only weeks after, her Canadian visa was granted. I got to see her one more service. After that service, one more service. For you to know how fast the Lord worked. The gift of the working of miracles went into operation in that service. Boom! She got a miracle where she had given up. They gave her four-year multiple entry visa to Canada. But you know when people are big, it's a different ball game. And it's in the Bible. God gave that warning in Deuteronomy chapter 6, verse 20. He said, I will give you houses built that you didn't build. Give it to me, media, quickly. Media, I hope they've not gone to sleep. Deuteronomy chapter 6, from verse 20. I'm wrapping this up. Deuteronomy chapter 6. No, that's not right. That's not right. That's not right. That's not right. Give me 13 or something. Let me see. It's one of my favorite. 613. 613. 613, please. 613. Go to 14. <laughs> I didn't get that. Deuteronomy 13, 20. Give me 13, 20. It says, and it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have <clears throat> brought you into the land that he promised to give unto Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob to give the great and goodly cities which thou buildest not. Yeah? Can someone find that for me, please? If you're in 13, go to verse 20. But I, it sounds like 613 to me. Are you sure you're there? 610. No? No? Uh-huh. Now they're... Okay, 610, right? Okay, so I said 613. So we're quite close. Okay. And it shall be when the Lord thy God shall have brought thee into the land which is sown to your fathers... I know, I know, I know the scripture now. Ah. Because one of my favorites, to Abraham, to Isaac, and to Jacob, to give the great and goodly cities which thou buildest not. Can I have an amen? Go on, go on. And houses full of all good things which thou fillest not. Somebody say amen to that. And wells dug which thou diggest not. Amen to that. They're going to give somebody free borehole. Amen. Vineyards and olive trees which thou plantest not. He said, when Thou shalt have eaten and be full. Then beware. Lest thou forget the Lord. Which brought thee forth. Out of the land of Egypt. From the house of bondage. And that's the story of some of our people. Who have left this country. Some have been very good children. They remember the house. Where God did the miracle. 
I'm not asking for any personal gift to myself. I don't ever do that. I never will. Never done it. Never will. I don't look to members to supply my needs. God is my source. But at least be faithful to the house. Many of them, it is well with them. I'm sharing with you so that you don't follow the example. Not a good example. Follow the ones that are good. One of our sisters who traveled to Canada, apart from paying a tithe regularly to this church, when her place was coming, she sent her personal seed towards her place. And guess what? She started a Bible study group. She told me, because she, she left with fire here. She said, Pastor, I've started a Bible study group in Canada. I said, what? I love that. She said, Pastor, you're coming next year, and you're coming to, to teach us God's word. I said, uh -uh, with all joy, I'll be there. She gathered, I don't know how many of them there are in this small Bible study group, and they gathered funds and sent to Nigeria for a blaze. <laughs> Praise God. Now, if you were in my position, who would you want to bless? Some will even come to Nigeria and go back without even saying hello. They won't even let you know that they came. Let alone to bother to come and say, ah, pastor, it's been a while. I've seen you. God bless you, sir. It shows the level of honor you place on me. And Jesus said, whoever honors me, I will honor. You dishonor me, I will treat you with light esteem. I will, you'll be lightly esteemed. Jesus said so. That doesn't stop God from still working. So let's prepare our hearts. We are talking about the gift of prophecy, and I want you to get something here. Prophecy is for edification, for exhortation, and number three, for comfort. So go back to that 1 Corinthians 14. 1 Corinthians 14 and verse 3. So he that prophesieth speaketh, not un speaketh unto men. Somebody say after me, when I speak in tongues, I'm talking to God. When I prophesy, I'm talking to men. Now, what are you saying to men? One, edification. Number two, exhortation. Number three, comfort. So your words ought to bring edification, exhortation, and comfort. Are you with me tonight? If it brings discomfort, can we call that prophesying? Can we call that prophecy? If it brings fear, can we call that prophecy? Somebody said something. Nigeria is already surrounded by terrorists. You know, a lot of those voice notes fly on WhatsApp. When you hear them, you hardly can step out of your house. Because it's, it looks as if your entire house has been surrounded. Just like Elijah. Can you call that prophecy? Oh, I see blood over Nigeria. The blood of Jesus, amen. Go to the next verse. Verse 4. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifies himself, builds himself up. The word used for edify there in the, the Jewish language is the same word they use for charging, to charge their phone. To charge the battery of their phone. That word is also used to mean build. It was the word used in Jude 120. But you beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. When you build, a, a typical Israeli person will tell you, I want to build my battery. I want to build the battery of my phone. It doesn't mean he wants to manufacture it. It means he wants to charge it. So we call it charging, they call it building. So when you are speaking in an unknown tongue, you are building yourself. Are you with me? And how long do you want to build yourself? That depends on you. Whether 10 minutes every day, 15 minutes every day, one hour every day, three hours every day, or every 30, 30 minutes, or every one-on-one -on -one hour. You want to do 15 minutes, another 15 minutes, another 15 minutes, another 15 minutes, another 15 minutes, and you do that almost like 12 waking hours. That's a lot. Amen. Just be deliberate. Or one hour every day before I talk to anybody. I want to lock myself in with God 
he that speaketh in an unknown tongue charges up, charges up himself. I want to be charged up. I don't want my spiritual battery low. When your battery is low, your phone dies. When your phone dies, you can't receive calls. When your spiritual battery is low, the Holy Spirit is saying something to you. You can't hear. Don't go there. You will go. Because you did not hear. Ah, now. But that book, the Bible says, it will surely give his angels charge over me to keep him on my waist. Why? Why did he attack me here? He told you to not go, but you didn't hear. Simple instructions. Don't take that bus. Might just save your life. They shared with me an accident that happened on Lagos by the expressway. How a driver was running carelessly because he wanted to overtake a Mercedes Benz. He was driving a Mazda. Isn't that madness? He overtook the Mercedes Benz. Then he got to a place that was a bit sloping and it was a hill. While he was struggling, the Mercedes overtook him. And as they got down again, he overtook the Mercedes Benz again. And the guys in the Benz were not, they were not competing with him. And he said, he, he, he stuck out his hand and told them, oh yeah, be coming, be coming, be coming, be, be chasing me. He hadn't traveled five minutes after that. His, one of his tires got bust, lost control, got off into the, into the ditch. He pressed the brake, he turned somersault several times. By the time they got there to see what was going on, he was still alive. He had bruises. The other passengers had bruises. The guy sitting in front had his skull open already. As simple as don't board that bus or don't board that car or you have already boarded, get down. I was going to travel to my hometown a few years ago to see my grandmom. I told my wife already. I told everybody I was traveling home. I got to gate where I was going to board the bus to Undo State to Ikare. Akoko in Nondo State, I'm from Burupakoko. Ikare is just two towns away from my hometown. Clean bus, everything was fine out on the outside. Clean, fine. I mean, one of those modern buses, not, not old, not anything rickety. As I sat down, I just lost my peace. I was struggling, almost 15 minutes. But I've known God for at least a short while now. <laughs> I wouldn't struggle with him. I, I know when God is saying something. I know when God doesn't want me to do something. I got down from the bus. I called my uncle. Send your account number. I sent him money. I'm not coming anymore. I went back home. Only God could tell what could have happened on that day. Many as are led by the Spirit of God, not by their brain, not by their eye. They are the sons of God. Are you getting what I'm saying to you? So he that speaks in an unknown tongue builds up himself, edifies himself. Build up yourself every time. Don't be low. The reason you are low is because you're not built up. And I'm depressed. Don't ever say that in your life. When you're feeling, you may feel depressed. Get into a corner. And then sing, worship in the spirit. You will be lifted. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. When you prophesy, you build up the church. Like wrapping up a worship session and the MC comes up. Blessed be the name of the Lord. I feel so strongly my spirit God is here today. And God is going to wipe away your tears. I don't know who I'm talking to. That sister, that brother. God said I should tell you now. Don't come up with words. Ensure that they are from your spirit. And declare them out. God is going to wipe your tears. This is the last day you will ever go through that situation. Because God has stepped in. You don't know how many. You might think it's that brother or that sister. And over 50 people are in that situation. Guess what you have done? You have built up the church. And somebody said, wow. God remembers me. That sister of ours told me today that it was like every service during that ablaze and even Sunday services that God is talking to me. This is me. This is me. Many people have told me every time, ah, pastor, it's like you're talking to me. I don't know your situation, but God does. I'm only a vessel. So God is speaking through me to you. So when I prophesy, I'm edifying the church. When you prophesy, you are edifying the church. Let's take the last verse. Verse 5. I would, I would that you all speak with tongues, but rather that you prophesy. For greater is he that prophesieth than he that speaketh with tongues, except he interprets that the church may receive edifying. 
Let me explain that very simply as we close today. Stand here. When you come up and you grab the mic and you say, Lombre haleka de manishen talabaha. Oh, breketekele de bosukatala.